Thank you, Pastor Kathy, and thank you to the Wings and Hannah for sharing your gifts of music with us. We take a pause from my sermon series over the summer on God's uh, call of individuals in the Old Testament, and today we look at a parable about a nation uh, appropriate for our celebration of God and country. Let us pray. Wise and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you today and always. Amen. It often gets said that America is baseball, hot dogs, and apple pie. While we've been able to have the hot dogs and apple pie perhaps alone, but we've been missing out on the baseball, which we hope will start later this month. Hence, I thought it would be only appropriate that I began this morning with a Yogi Berra quote. Some of you all know that uh, Yogi is well known for his humorous, though at times telling, one-liners. Once upon a time, you'll recall that Yogi said, you know, the future just ain't what it used to be. I don't know about you, but when I've been uh, tuning in to what is going on in our nation recently, with not only the virus, but with various different tensions, racial and political, I have thought about the 4th of July and Independence Day weekend, and I kind of mumbled under my breath about America, you know, the future just ain't what it used to be. In fact, I was reading an editorial uh, just the other day, and the writer of the editorial was talking about how throughout the country, uh, fireworks were canceled uh, last night, and parades were also canceled. And in all of this cancellation, part of what people have done is they have adopted an I remember when mentality for America. The I remember when mentality goes something like this, I remember when there was civil discourse. I remember when our streets were safe. I remember when I could gather with my family for the 4th of July. I remember when Republicans and Democrats could actually get along together a little bit. I remember when fill in the blank. And when I read that editorial and I put it into conversation with Yogi, I got a little bit down and I began to wonder, what will the future of America be like for my children? Because really and truly, the future just ain't what it used to be. Once upon a time, Jesus told a parable about a nation in distress. Walk back into the parable with me. Pontius Pilate had ordered that a group of Jews from Galilee be killed in the temple. And after seeing that the nation had gone about this horrible atrocity, Jesus decided that he would tell the masses a parable. The parable was about a tree that was not producing fruit. The owner of the tree checked on the tree year after year for about three years, we're told in Luke's Gospel, and then said, you know what, this tree, this tree is not producing any fruit, I really ought to cut it down. And so the owner of uh, the vineyard found uh, the gardener in the vineyard and said, I would like you to cut this tree down. And the gardener in the vineyard, of course, said, no. 
What I want to do is I want to put some fertilizer around it, and then I want to give it another year. And if the tree bears fruit, great. And if not, cut it down. Often when we consider this parable in Luke's gospel, we do so thinking of it on an individual level. In other words, we've been taught over the years that this parable is about producing spiritual fruit in our own personal lives. And that's not necessarily a wrong reading of the parable. The rabbis in Jesus' day used to teach that there were over a hundred of different uh, right interpretations of a parable. But in its most literal sense, this parable is not about a person who is not producing fruit. It is about a nation that is not producing fruit. If you'll consider the scripture that Kathy read for you just a few moments ago, we remember that contextualized, this parable was spoken by Jesus about the entire nation of Israel that had gone astray. Specifically, Pontius Pilate had executed those folks in the temple, and Jesus was quite upset about a nation that was not bearing fruit. And in being upset about that nation, Jesus told a parable about a tree that was not bearing fruit, but we remember in the parable that God says, give it another year. Scholars are quick to point out that the image of a tree not bearing fruit was an image of a nation going astray, specifically in Isaiah chapter 10. So when Jesus is sharing this parable, he's not just saying, I want you, I want you to go about bearing fruit again. I want a nation to go about bearing fruit. So I, Jesus, have not given up on this nation of Israel. Rather, I have hope for its future. Friends, the most important spiritual lesson I learned from the story of Jesus telling the parable of the fig tree in Luke's gospel is this. When it comes to our nation, America, we ought not to give up on it. For really, truly, there are moments where we mumble under our breath, you know, the future of this country just ain't what it used to be. But it's right then when Jesus intercedes in our lives and says, nope, I've got my bag of fertilizer out. Why don't you give it one more year? For I have hope for this country. I believe that it can and will still bear fruit. Interestingly enough, this is the hope of our forebears here at United Church. For part of what we remember as a congregational church is that we are here today because there was a group of people who did not give up hope on America and who believed that America would bear new, lasting fruit. For as a congregational church, part of what distinguishes our tradition from many other Christian traditions is that we did not come from Europe. The Episcopal Church, the Roman Catholic Church, the Lutheran Church, the Anabaptist tradition, as well as the Presbyterian tradition and uh, the Wesleyan tradition in the United Methodist Church, all came with European roots. But as Congregationalists, we were founded by a group of Christians who did leave Europe, yes, but established the church in America for it to be a city on a hill for all to see. In fact, if you were to take a course on American religion, the course would focus on the two religions that were founded in America, Congregationalism, uh, the religion of the pilgrims, us, and the Mormons. 
And so part of what we remember on this July 4th weekend as Congregationalists is that we are part of a tradition that is quite frankly wrapped up in the very history of America itself. We have a Mayflower in our narthex and an American flag out in front of Disler Hall because you cannot disassociate the beautiful story of America with the story of our congregational roots. You'll recall that back in 1620, uh, the great Puritan preacher John Winthrop on the ship Arabella uh, preached his famous sermon, uh, a model of Christian charity, where he told everyone on that ship that America was supposed to be a city on a hill for all to see, borrowing the language of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. There is a congregational church on Marco Island because a group of people hundreds of years ago did not give up on America, but rather decided to be the fertilizer and to bring forth fruit and the pursuit of happiness in a new nation where the whole world could look to see the love and grace of God. Are we part of the giving up effort or are we part of the fertilizing effort? The parable really does call us into the story and says, if you are my people, then be part of the fertilizing effort. Many of us uh, over the weekend tuned into the news story about uh, Mount Rushmore and the events that happened there. And I got to thinking a little bit about uh, the presidents and some of our early presidents. And one of the facts that you may not know about our first four presidents is that three out of our first four, Adams, uh, Jefferson, and Madison Monroe, uh, died on the 4th of July. Very interesting. Historians have made a lot about uh, why this might have occurred, and I have a phrase when something is a coincidence that might come from God. I call it a God incidence. And I do wonder if part of the story of why three out of our four presidents died on the 4th of July has something to do with the message, though haunting, about the sacrifice that it takes for a country to be what it is in the eyes of God. In other words, what might we do to make a sacrifice for the country to be part of the fertilizing effort? What act of generosity, what act of kindness, what act of love might we extend so that our country can bear more fruit? For really and truly, part of the teaching of this parable is to not give up on the nation. God hasn't given up, and frankly, neither should we. When I think about the story of America over the centuries, part of what I also consider is that it's not just we who have been called not to give up on America. It is God who has demonstrated for us over the centuries that God has not given up on America. Last summer, many of us here at United Church read a wonderful book by an author by the last name of Medved. And the book was in, talked about the providence of God throughout the centuries. And Medved is a Yale scholar. Yale, of course, is a, is a Christian tradition steeped in congregationalism. And Medved talked about how throughout history, there were moments in time where America did not deserve necessarily to be steered by God, but it was. 
Two in particular that I would point out to you. Uh, one was in the story of America initially uh, being colonized, the story of the pilgrims uh, coming to America that I spoke of just a few moments ago. That, that details the exact spot in which they wanted to land, but according to Medved, there were some terrible, terrible storms and winds that blew the early settlers off course. And Medved, in rereading that history, said where people ended up first in America may have been the exact spot that they needed to be in a wild land in order to sustain the tradition. And Medved raises the question, if once upon a time Americans were blown off course by God who is in control of the weather and of the stars and the sea and the sky, then cannot God blow America back on course? Of course God can, for God is still with America. Another story that Medved tells is the story of George Washington in uh, the Revolutionary War and being in a battle. And in that battle, there were uh, numerous folks who were just breathing down the neck of uh, Washington and his troops. And Washington was desperately looking for a way to escape. And it was almost as though uh, Washington and his troops and the Americans were going to lose. And then suddenly, a great, magnificent fog early one morning began to cover where everyone happened to be, which allowed Washington and troops to escape. And Medved raises the question, if God is really behind the fog and might look out for America's escape, what might God still be doing today to be part of that fertilizing effort? God has always been with America in the past. Will not God continue to show up even when America finds itself with its back up against the wall? Or even when America does not quite know what course or direction to take? God has showed up in the past, and surely God will show up in the future. This is very interesting. Uh, Martin Luther, the great reform, uh, reformer of the Protestant church, had a rather unique interpretation of this parable in the scripture. According to Luther, the three-year time period that the owner uh, checked on that tree to see if it was bearing fruit or not was symbolic of the three years of Jesus' ministry on earth that we hear about in scripture, uh, namely from Jesus being around the age of 30 to Jesus being around the age of 33. And if that is indeed the case, then Luther's interpretation of this parable is that once upon a time, you know, Jesus came to preach to the nation of Israel, to God's people. And not all of God's people got it. But thanks be to God through the power of the Holy Spirit, neither Jesus nor God gives up on it, but rather says, I believe in the future of God's people. I want to put some fertilizer around it and give it another year and another year and another year. For there is hope for the nation, not just the nation of Israel, but the nation of America. If you came to worship today concerned about your country, concerned about America, don't give up on it. Rather, give it another year. Be part of the fertilizing effort. To the teacher, 
who is willing to go an extra mile in the classroom, to the grandparent who is willing to teach an honest way of life, to the firefighter or police officer who is willing to keep us safe, to the parent who teaches a child what it means to be a citizen, to the nurse who is willing to get involved in ways that he or she never thought would be imaginable at this time, to all who help to make America great, being part of that fertilizer, God bless them, and may God continue to bless the United States of America.